Attention, the following show is not permitted for those under the ages of 18. Views and thoughts expressed on this show solely belong to the host and the guest of this show. We are not professional gamblers, politics, nor financial advisors. What you are about to hear is for entertainment purposes only. And now for our feature presentation. I was, um, I looked into, um, what the, uh, the, the mayor, what's his name? Newton? Newsom? Newton? Oh, in California? Yeah. The governor. the governor. Yeah. I was checking that out when Addison had told, uh, about that, said you had bought that up. That's <laughs> actually, I thought that was kind of wild because I, I had actually touched on that. What was it about two, three weeks ago? Oh, you did? Yeah. When that yeah, show I had started. Yeah. So I thought, I, uh, I thought that was kind of cool, but, um, Really, what I wanted to do for real, I wanted to um, if you want to, if you want to get the people a rundown of the situation, I'm saying, and, and then um, give your thought on it. You mean the, you mean the details of the California situation? Yeah, uh, I am not well, reparations in general. Well, no, nah, I'm talking about one hundred percent solid on all the details in the California situation. Okay, um, what I saw was basically the headlines. Because they've been trying to hash, hash this thing out for a while, right? Like they had set up some sort of committee to investigate, blah blah blah, to see who is and how much it could cost and stuff. How much they could spend, this and that, and so they came up with some figure. Nobody knows how. That's what I said. <laughs> some uh, some sort of metric, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> they came up with something and you know they got the people all hyped because they were going to get some tax dollars their own money um <laughs> and then Newsom was like uh no sorry right so, I don't see that in the budget because California is on the verge of bankruptcy I don't know if people know you are now tuned in so brothers having breakfast. But haven't they been on the verge of bankruptcy for like decades now? Kinda, but it's it's it gets worse. But it's isn't worse. America on the verge of bankruptcy also? No. Well that's a different thing. Uh we just have to sign off and say our debts are going to be paid. That's a different thing than California. California is literally almost underwater, like account balance deficit, because they have a massive bureaucracy that has pensions that have to be paid by people who are working. And they're doing this at the same time that, well, I should say these demands are occurring at the same time that the state is hemorrhaging its richest citizens and businesses. Uh, just the other day, Nordstrom's announced that they were leaving their downtown flagship San Francisco location. I mean, this is just one of several. So um, it gets tighter. You know, you can't just. Cause I know that was broke back when um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in office. Yeah, I don't think he did too much to alleviate it. 
<laughs> no, no, I didn't, we were, I didn't expect for him to, but he was like, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> His turn ran out and it was get to the chopper. <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> He's like, I'm going back to movies. You guys are broke right? as shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> That's the last shit hero right there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my uh, views on reparations as a whole are, I guess you could say threefold. I mean, if, if you really want to begin with the idea that you can establish some sort of quantitative amount uh, that the federal government which of course is our money anyway uh could theoretically come out and develop or create or whatever uh if you were to try to do that i think the most intelligent way to do it if you ask me um particularly if the goal is to alleviate the underdevelopment or lack of development of a large part of the community or a fair amount of the community, enough, you know, then the way to do it would be tax cuts or breaks and funding HBCUs so that they could do a lot of the job of bridging the gap in the education and the knowledge gap. Because the reality Mm. is, I mean, if we were to just talk strict reality, um, the time for some sort of a reparation has come and gone, right? Like that was... That window was maybe 1870 to 1890. That part. Right? Like, in realistic terms. Like, now, so if you wanted to do some sort of a, some sort of a forward transposing of that idea, uh, with, with the main goal being, okay, we really want to make up for the lack of education and the lack of opportunity that so many people dealt with, so many Americans dealt with over, I don't know, 60, 70 years. Uh, and we want to alleviate that and we want to bridge the gap so that everybody's achieving, right? What those bums were bending over backwards to present, to prevent and did everything they could to prevent. The way you do it is with education because the real gap is knowledge. Yeah. If you give a bunch of fools thirty or forty thousand dollar check, they're just gonna go out and spend it, and it's gonna go right down the drain because you wow. haven't changed the real gap, which is the knowledge gap. It's not the well, money gap; it's the knowledge gap. I know that uh-huh. he was saying that that was um, that was initially like the plan. He wasn't thinking about the money thing, but he was talking more of um, improving the education. I mean, improving the school systems and um, you talking about Newsom. Yeah, he was he was saying like basically that's what he was talking about. He was he was like he wasn't like you said he wasn't going to give out the money, but improving school systems and um, more affordable housing, more better housing and uh, things like that. He was talking about really putting it back into the I guess the community instead of just giving people a check. The, okay, well I mean that's that's more intelligent sounding, but affordable housing. I mean, Gavin Newsom is not going to change the regulations that he's spent his basically his entire political life putting in place to make the cost of living in California so outrageous. He's not going to change that. He's also not going to do anything to the teachers unions that run California public education. 
he was basically giving good reasons why he wasn't going to give Negroes money. I mean, he was like, hey, I'm not going to do that. But this is a good thing that I would do with it if I had that money. I would do this, but I give them this. (laughs) But I ain't giving it to them. But he can do that when he when he wants to, and he has an actual motivation. Like in California, illegal uh, immigrants get full health care. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why the state is broke. Um, Because they've been doing that for 20, 30 years, at least 20 years. Um, So, no, I I, I mean, anybody naive enough to think Gavin Newsom was actually going to do anything uh, that would actually improve something. um, You know, I got some bridges in Brooklyn for them with their name right on the side. Can we Um, uh, can I get it? Can I get it in cursive? Can I get my name (laughs) on that bridge? (laughs) Now, my. My real personal view of reparations, though, is completely different. Okay, what's that? Uh, My personal view is that our ancestors have given us everything that we needed or could need to create as much wealth as we want. And this is based on historical proof of us having created over and over and over. And because of the lack of knowledge of how wealth works, of how business ownership works, and then how <laughs> this popular term that people are talking about these days, generational wealth. Well, to do that, you have to have a view of generations. Now, what do you mean there? Do you mean you need like a... a, a One generation a to the view? next, to the next, to the next. You have to have a vision, a collective vision that moves into the future. That is something that the Negro consciousness and identity is not capable of. That's it's not that it's not capable it. of it. I would say I would say maybe that it's a little it's it's a little um what is it softened over time or what have you because a farmer knows that he wants his farm to go forever and there's more than one Negro out there with a farm and a farmer also knows that they want their kids to run the farm and their kids to run the farm because he wants the farm to go on forever. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, I'll give you that with this with the example of the farmer. But, yeah, I mean it was it's specific. You know what I'm saying? But you know, there's there's not that many, I would say, of us who have our control over a business that is something that can survive in perpetuity. You dig what I mean? Well, that's all a matter of decision making and planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I'm just saying there's not that many of us that have it to even, but you know what I'm saying, make the decisions point. and the plans about. You're proving my point. I, I know I agree with you. Until you have <laughs> the mentality and the identity structure that requires it. That's Let's what I was going to say. Jew- I'll, I'll give you two quick examples to show you what I'm talking about. Jews and Mormons. Man, those okay. are two. Uh, those are two. Uh... Let me hear what word is going to come out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear this word you're stewing over. <laughs> let, me, let me hear this. No, 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 no! It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. I'm yeah, just saying let those are. It's a very uh, hey. The, the, mm. <laughs> Go ahead, spit it out. I know you're choking. Go ahead. I'm just saying those are from some very religious communities, but also very financially oh, financially powerful okay, uh, so, communities. So what is what is religion? What is it really? A structure and, and a system that that controls a subsect of people. There you go. And so let's let's. Let's um, pull that out a little bit further. And in these two cases, religion is identity. 
Mm. Facts. Right, B? Yeah. So the identity shapes everything that it comes in contact with, right? It determines yes and no. It determines good and bad. And the most important thing that it determines and creates is value in itself. Okay. From those premises, you can then extend and have a sort of imperative for continuing yourself from one generation to the next, to the next. And it doesn't matter what the vicissitudes of fortune may be, which is why the Jews are such a good example. The, the, what, the, 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 the what again? <laughs> vicissitudes. Uh-huh. Come on, Addison. You know what damn vicissitudes are. <laughs> it doesn't I've matter. Before, but I don't know it. So, like, could you, for our uh, listeners <laughs> who may not be so inclined as to look it up right away, and to also understand that your context clues are also kind of, uh, mm. you don't like them? I, no, no, no. I love them. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just a little esoteric, though. You know what I mean? It, whims, not people ain't going to. Uh, the whims and the changes of fortune. Does that work better for you? Huh, it sounds Greek. <laughs> like a sleepiest of staff or something. You know what I mean? Like vicissitude. There was a guy named Vesicius. <laughs> <laughs> And he had like, and he always played around or something crazy. You know what I'm saying? And then they just made the word from that. Because you know how English loves to grab some crazy yes. somebody's name and be like, uh, narcissist. Yeah, <laughs> narcissist becomes a narcissist. Jesus, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Vicissitude. <laughs> Put that one on the calendar. We gonna need that one later. <laughs> So, <laughs> so when we look at those two examples, and particularly with the Mormons, because the Mormons are recent, came out of nowhere. A book. It would be one of the younger great right. religions then? Well, yeah, I mean, you know. They, I said they, great religions, I mean like large, not yeah, like no, they're awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when you have an identity, you then have assuming it's a real identity a real identity always creates value right when you have value from the identity then you can create and you can value what you create the problem we've had is point blank we do not have an identity and what identity we do have was created by others and it is a double negative identity okay so when you look back, and I'll just take two examples, two well-known examples. Uh, Greenwood, Tulsa, Oklahoma, right? The famous mm-hmm. Black Wall Street and Joe Lewis, right? The famous knockout artist, Lots, famous yeah. prize fighter. Um, everybody likes to talk about and remember. He had a mean hook. <laughs> Joe Lewis was incredible. <laughs> I mean, it would have been something to see him him and Ali in the ring. That would have been really something to see. Mm. Um, mm. So when we look at Greenwood and we see the vision that it took to found it, right? The organization, um, the standards, the personal standards, and, and just the creative wealth that was created, right? We see all the ingredients. But the problem is when there was devastation 
what happened? We didn't rebuild it. Is there nothing to be said of the trauma and the fear that something like that devastation causes? Um, not really, because especially, nah. if you cons- especially if you consider that this is past the generation of the ones who come from, from another country. And these are the ones that are like, no, they didn't come from another country that are weaker. Not, right. No, not that. But they've never had anything or necessarily seen anything like this before. What do you mean, had anything or seen anything? They've never had Black Wall Street or seen Black Wall Street before they had that first one. And the very first one is devastated. And they're like, maybe it's not a good idea to try. No. Um, Because every time we get up, they destroy that shit and come in and and they're coming in and shooting us up and burning down houses and stuff. the same logic. By the same logic you said they've seen it for the first time, mm-hmm. you then go on to say, well, okay, we've only seen this happen once, so everything we're going to do is determined about what is, is going to be determined by what someone else does or doesn't do. That is the Negro identity in function and in action par excellence. Jews, let me just run down a quick history of the Jews for you to understand. Okay, and I won't even do biblical. I won't even go back that far. We'll just. I'm about to say because I mean Jesus, man. They. (laughs) We'll just restrict it to European history. Okay, Uh Jews were outcasts. They were routinely blamed for everything, from the Mongol invasion to the Black Plague. They were had their whole communities burned to the ground. All the people killed. They were ostracized in this country, that country, the other country. And somehow they kept rebuilding. Maybe it wasn't all at once. Maybe Uh it was over the course of 30 or 40 or 50 years, what you like to call generational wealth. Well, generational wealth has to start at a beginning point. And that beginning point is usually kind of small. But because the identity creates value. Since theirs was based in something like religion as well as, right. you know what I'm saying, yeah. regional I mean, whatever's. Religion or philosophy. That was something they were or, always passing on anyway right. to each house. And, and the difference between um, Jews and Judaism in general is that it is an identity as much as it is a sort of religious philosophy. Right. Right. Christianity, not so much so. Christianity, not so much. Because it's so many different variations. They're variations. So stories. And I don't know. It, it's kind of debatable whether or not it became sort of an identity. But it didn't It didn't become an identity around which you build. Christianity's uh, identity is only based in ideals knowing that the person that's using it is likely flawed. Right. More or less. Yeah. <laughs> because every time you hear Christianity, you're like, mm, yeah, that's going to come with a blade. Someone's going to bleed. The Mormons, the Mormons, the Mormons, Mormons are like Christian Christians, well, kind no, the of. They're, are they're Christian. Yeah, they're they, Christian adjacent. Yeah. Because they're like, they, nah, we actually got our own Jesus, too. Exactly. We're <laughs> <laughs> so godly, we got our own Jesus. Yeah. He came and saw us. <laughs> he made a special trip <laughs> exactly so back to greenwood so the question is why didn't why didn't it occur to us to rebuild it 
And by us, I mean us collectively, not just the citizens in Greenwood, right? I can see why it would be too much, maybe, to ask or expect them to do that themselves. But collectively, what greater message would would there be to send than, yeah, you can tear it down all you want, but we're going to keep rebuilding it. It doesn't matter what you do. Now, let's take a look at Joe Lewis. Everybody loved Joe Lewis in the 30s, the Brown Bomber, right? Beating up everybody, just absolute knockout artists. 1938, he's facing the then German champion, Max Schmeling, in a rematch after Schmeling had defeated Joe Lewis, previously undefeated, right? Joe Lewis himself said, I felt like the whole country was dependent on me. So he quickly dispatches Smelling. Um, you know, Yo, everybody loves if Joe. If your Lewis. name is Smelling, you kind of have to become a fighter. You know what I mean? Because everybody's going to be making fun of you, and so you're just going to have to get mad, thick-skinned, heavy, and early in life. So that dude, you said he was Absolutely. Russian. He was he was German. Everybody's he was German. Oh yeah, yeah everybody's German. Never mind. The, uh, yeah, no, that, 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 that's Schnitzel. My bad. You're right. You're right. You're right. That, you're right. Uh, during that second fight. He was he lost, but he they was trying Germany was trying to make it seem like he won. Like they end up cutting the fight off in the middle because he was yeah. They didn't want they didn't want that like they didn't want yeah, that. They didn't want, they, they, yeah. Germany yeah. don't have play that. Well, Adolf. <laughs> right. Hyper paranoid yeah. about his little skin color. Um but here's the interesting thing. So Joe Lewis goes to the army, like all upstanding American patriots did in World War Two. He and uh, Jackie Robinson enlisted. And when Joe was in there, he did all of the fights, right, for the troop morale and donated all of his money, all of his prize money to the troops. So he comes out and the IRS is like, oh, you owe us for all this prize money that you collected. Uh -uh. That was donations. Not back then. I don't know what the code was. Nobody told Joe. But here's the thing. When Joe was in trouble, who came to his rescue? Someone who had invested money in him? Nobody did. Oh. Oh, damn. That was a that was a trick question. <laughs> that got was us. a trick question. He got us. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that dude at King's Island. He's like, I know you ain't know this. I know you ain't got the answer. Yeah, Nobody came to help Joe after everybody loved Joe so much. So you're trying to tell me that we couldn't organize a church bakery sale all across the country to help our hero, our superhero back then, Joe Lewis in his time of need. Sometimes that work that doesn't work out like when Suge got out Tupac. Yeah, no comparison. I think you need to go back At and all. read the the context of what Joe Lewis meant to people in 1930s. I mean, not only was it the depression, but everything. Joe Lewis was he was that man. He was he the hero was of all the things. God, yes, he was he the was superhero, Captain America. He was the real Captain America. So where were we? It ended up being Hollywood that saved Joe Lewis, Sinatra, Dean Martin, because hmm. he was their hero. They were like, we're not going to let you fall into destitution like this. Come on over here. We're going to get you a job at Caesars or one of those places in Vegas. Where was Thurgood Marshall? Where was all the cats at Howard and Hampton and all of this 
educated all these lawyers. All the we had accountants, lawyers, this, that, and the other. Where was everybody? Good getting good nigga stickers. <laughs> that part. <laughs> exactly. Uh the other example, which is just as timely, are the Nicholas brothers, right? Everybody's heard of the Nicholas brothers. Now, who was that? They were um, kind of like the dance equivalent of Joe Lewis in the 30s. So, at the time... Um, tap dancing? Tap dancing. Stormy With weather. They did this incredible scene in, in stormy weather that just blew everybody's mind. Like, it was just so unbelievable. Fred Astaire was like, yeah, they would have stolen the show every time they set foot on the scene. Um, so... Why did we leave? Oh, why did we leave? Why did we leave the Nicholas talent, Nicholas Brothers talent, in the hands of a Hollywood that was hyper skin color paranoid when we could have figured out some way to make money on that talent ourselves? Why did we do that? And the reason we don't have any answer is because it goes back to the identity value equation. And it's the same reason why we have allowed the whole world in the last 30, 40 years. Blacks wanted to be accepted into white society. Wait, say it again. Blacks wanted to be accepted into white man society. Some did, some didn't. Um, I don't think it was either white man society. It's just the fact of wanting to be accepted. Well, that was... But well, that was I always yeah. looked at this it. This is America, Nick. Uh, this is America, Jack. <laughs> In my case in point. I mean, because, Brian, what you said, they want to be accepted. Yeah, they, they want to be a part of this society. I mean, even when we had our but own. they already were. Yeah, well, even when we had our own, you know, they okay, always say the white, the white man's eyes are always cold. Well, that's, but that's my point. You're, you're pointing to my point. Yeah. The need is always for the Negro to be accepted or determined or told what to do or to be valued or not valued by someone else. And it ain't just white. You can see it functioning in every sphere these days, thanks to YouTube. Negroes go to Asia. Oh, what do Koreans think of black people? Negroes go to Germany. Oh, what do Germans think of black people? Negroes go to Croatia. Oh, what do... <laughs> Croatia. It's non-stop. Yeah. <laughs> just, Listen. Just pull it up on YouTube anytime you want to see it. There's some black man on the line right now. <laughs> and he's waiting to see what Croatia's going to do. <laughs> and it is the same identity deficit that created the negative value that allowed um, Black Wall Street to stay collapsed. Joe Lewis to be destitute, and the Nicholas brothers to wallow in relative obscurity uh, waiting on a call from Hollywood. All three of those situations were created and not solved by the same psychological identity issue. Each so what one. you're saying is what they did worked. Well, it actually gets a little more complex. On the one hand, you are correct. Um... In that, the breaking. in that the division that was originally created for skin color reasons back in the late 1600s gradually developed into identities, okay? By the time of the American Revolution, the identity structures of white and Negro were already in place, which is why 
Americans have so much more of an attachment to those two words than they do to national words compared to, say, Europeans or obviously any Asian, because Asians don't even call themselves Asian, really. They call Unless themselves call, Japanese. Themselves, yeah, or Chinese or whatever, Korean. Korean. And they're not tripping on anything else, and they all hate each other. <laughs> and they have gone to war with each other, and, you know, that's just it. They do. Um, I think Japan's the one that's going to win, but China got too many bodies. China's not going to have too many bodies for long. But that's another I'm just thing. saying, that's what's going to, they're going to go into desperation <laughs> mode and just start throwing bodies at everybody. I've, I've been <laughs> getting. They got to cross been... the sea to get to anybody. That's the problem. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you're right. But that's another discussion. <laughs> Geopolitics, we can do that on another day. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't feel like the U.S. wants it with China. It's just, I just, I just don't see that being. Oh, a good China idea. wouldn't be. Uh, China is way ahead. Of, their rhetoric is way ahead of their feet, of their ability, and they that know mandate it. for all under heaven. So, yeah, they, go ahead, B. Yeah, no, I'm because my my thing was I I see what you're saying, but you know, in a sense, you do have you do have people who are who are trying to push back for that, but then you have that it's kind of like that. The rest of them people, it's kind of just luggage. It's like you don't want to really, they don't want to really get them saying get with the shit. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta also consider that if you also, actually, hold on, let him finish. If you want, go ahead, my let bad. You got a lot of black people who also like have this mind state of I don't want to depend on the government or I don't want to do this or do that. But for me, for me personally, I feel like it's just knowing those tools, bro. If I know the tools and the loopholes that the same people that successful are using, why the fuck would I not use them? Exactly. That's that's my whole thing. Like I'm not that fucking stubborn. If I got a chance to make a hundred thousand, I don't give a fuck who's showing me how to do it. They showing me how to make a hundred thousand. Exactly. I'm gonna do that. Exactly, exactly. Um, but you got to consider what I, I what I would say to that though is if you were thinking, you know, what I'm saying in a people sense, then you're gonna have to expect that some people are going to need to be carried. Well, that's. I mean, there are a lot of ways to do that. You can either. You know State what I mean? You're going to have to drag some along with you, even if everybody becomes successful or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Some are going to have to be dragged. Some are going to be kicking and screaming. Some are going to walk. Some are going to do do well on their own. But if you're talking in a in a people sense and you want to get all of them, if you're leaving none behind, then no, you're going to have to carry no, some of them. We're not leaving none behind. Some niggas are choosing to stay behind. I'm going. I was gonna say, I'm sorry. I got to go. Like, you, you, it's not a. It's just like the Jews on their pilgrimage, fam. Yeah. On the way out of Egypt or some shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, it's the same bag. It is, but it isn't. Because you know saying? some don't make it, of course, but they, we all got to take the journey. And if we're going to do that, then some people are going to have to be carried. Well, here's the thing, though. This journey is all between the ears. Yeah. It's all between That's why the some ears. of them have to still, some people still going to have to be carried. That's all but I'm that's saying. That's my point. I mean, no, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, a lot of people. Uh, because of the comfort of the identity structures that they have already known and that have already become their center of gravity, for lack of a better word, will resist and reject any idea that there's something other than what they've always been told. Is it the same reason why there wasn't like a whole entire like tearing down of all things when they shot Martin Luther King and whatnot? Because, um... you know, we never go for real revenge. No, I mean that that whole thing was just 
stupid all around. Like, I, yeah, I, but I'm saying, I mean, like, cause, you know, you talking about Martin and they, they got Malcolm Martin and JFK and like all around the same time or what have you. Yeah, but none of them, uh, except from I don't know actually, JFK and Malcolm Martin was a great orator when it came to actually strategically thinking and understanding what the reality was. And I don't know that he was that guy. I get that. Um, Malcolm was trying to tell people what the reality, the political reality was back in 63, 64. I can see that. And no one has listened to him since and have become even bigger suckers and chumps in the ensuing 50 years. So in the two, in the two party system. Well, it's it's not even a two party. It's just one party. Just one party. People don't even that exercise part. the possibilities. <laughs> That's the saddest part. That's what he was trying to explain. That part. That's what he was trying to explain. Real simple. He's like, if, if y'all you just are won. the deciding vote, and you don't exercise and maximize and try to extract some sort of value, but and this really gets into it. Also, Democrats figured out. LBJ figured out. With his famous quote, I'll have those niggas voting Democrat for the next 200 years. He figured out Democrats had to concede the short term of their old methods of terror and intimidation Mm -hmm. and obstruction. Right. But what they did (laughs) is they traded that for deception, manipulation and self-destruction. All they did was change tactics. The goal remained the same. In the cities, you're not in control of your wealth. You're not in control of where you live. You're not in control of your schools. So who's in control? Oh, the government. Well, then. People don't stand up. I mean, I don't, people don't stand up, really, and speak up for stuff. They don't even know what to speak up for because they've just been told, vote Democrat. Or they've been told to do one thing, and that's supposed to be the answer. <laughs> Right. Yeah, like not- that's the that is the blinders mentality. And the key to the blinders mentality, and you can watch once I point this out, you'll realize it and and you'll see it function every day. You turn on the news. Uh what LBJ and others figured out is that all you have to do is tell niggas that somebody is a racist and they will jump. They do and <laughs> obey like dogs. They will literally jump in order and obey like dogs. Trump and that's the because they don't value their own identity. Well, it's because we don't have an identity, dog. We don't. John Morant proved that. Poor Josh. Ja. Josh ja is a good example what? of what happens what? when <laughs> your father is too cool. Ja Wick. Ja Wick. Although, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't even think he's as lost as people are actually making him out to be. I think he's just young with way too much attention and way too much way too money. Much money. Yeah, and not enough paternal guidance, right? Like he is. I personally think it's just time for his. Father. I just think it's weird. I just think it's weird which way they want to go with guns. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, because like, I mean, you got to consider the the supposedly you see the right part suppose the, the supposed right person with a gun. You're like, yay! And then you see the supposed wrong person with a the gun. They're like, boo! And America don't oh. want to. America no. don't want to admit who it is they want to show that has a gun and it's okay. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I he's not doing anything wrong. He's just holding it. Right. 
He's yeah, flashing nah. it around and brandishing it. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, he's not doing anything illegal. Yeah, it's who he, he is, though. Who huh? you are in the, it's who you are in the position you in, the there job you, you have. Right, 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 right. And yet, many political ads that run show whoever's running shoot things, shoot with guns, what and have you. We you not, saying? but we not. They not in their cars with a shotgun dancing. It's out. They're at a. They're at an established place. Uh huh. are actually uh-huh. doing something, and it's the content of it. It ain't the fact it's the, that it's the context of where of they're at. And then on yeah. top of that is who he is and who he is, who he is, my G. Because at the end of the day, if you you not you not a you not a thug. I mean, we we we've seen this before, Tupac. I'm just saying. And, We've and, seen this before, Ray J. I'm just saying. No, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hold on a minute. The we keep, Tupac, the, we keep seeing I hear Tupac, Tupac was quite was. real. Nah, brother, no. Yeah, no. man. No. Yeah, man. No. He was a marksman no. in the 90s. They what say the, that, you know what I'm what saying? He ladies, really was like that. My G, what was the lady's name in the 90s who was like an activist saying that gangster rap music? soldier? No, man. It was holding. Oh, you talking about Dolores Tucker? Dolores Tucker. There you go. That, that, like, literally, she, she was, she was like heavily. She was like a congresswoman or something like that. Yeah, she hated gangster rap. Her and Tupac see went Dolores at it Tucker. Times. They was they they was they was forever beefing because you know Tupac was quite eloquent when eloquent when he was like, "Yo, this is what I do. I'm just reporting. You know, what I'm saying what I know and what I see. You know, what I'm saying like, if you want to, if you want, if you want people to stop talking this anymore. shit, then fix the problem anymore. of having to do be it. Out here and act like a thug, even though I really just wanted to dance. That's not the way it happened, I gotta get this check. You know what I'm saying? So tap tap. That's not what happened, man. Yeah. Don't do him in. Tupac was a hero. Nah, man. We see it a lot. <laughs> I we love see Tupac. It, we see it too much. That's because deep down inside, you wanted what? to be over here in this danger. Don't nobody want to grow up over here. Nope. <laughs> nobody wants to grow up over here. No, I did no. not want to be in the danger. What are you talking about? No, I agree with B. But I see what Addison is saying in that there is a lot of uh, selectivity about when it's okay to wave guns and when it's not. Uh, but ultimately, with the Joss situation, you're not just because you make a lot of money and have a lot of attention and influence doesn't mean you're free to do anything at any time. Facts. Right. Especially when your money is dependent on someone else. Exactly. That can take it from you. Exactly. And and the NBA obviously has a very clear agenda. Kanye. I'm not sure how he missed. Exactly. I'm not sure how he missed uh, that agenda. Um but overall, I think it'll, I think he'll tighten. Every up. few generations, we have someone that that does these things, huh? I, but I, I mean, personally think if the media, if YouTube and social media didn't exist, and, and not just in terms of you know seeing him just hold up his gun, but just the incessant peanut gallery chatter about it, like not only that, but the wrong. desire to uh, show it to everybody wouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the desire to even have something like that to post. You know what right, I'm saying? He wouldn't even be feeling like he needed to carry it all, all in the nines. I mean, it's exactly. a whole bunch of things that don't happen without exactly. social I mean, media. It's a lot of things, but I mean, but it kind of go back to like what you know what I'm saying. John was saying also look at look how his father be acting in the gangs, man. Like, come on, man, you got to right. Chill. Yeah, he said parental chill. guidance is definitely lacking. Up, we got we got kids. It's kind of like my granddad's be like, "There's gonna be kids raising kids out here." It's basically <laughs> what it is, man. Yeah. I just think, you know, I think there's a limit to how much you can just be the cool parent. And particularly when your son has that much attention on him, right? And that much money and influence at his at his uh, disposal. Uh, the need for that sort of guidance of seeing the bigger picture 
uh, increases. It doesn't decrease, it increases. Uh, which, you know, that also goes was... back to the lack of continuity, the lack of intergenerational continuity, which goes I was back actually to... talking to my father earlier, and I said uh, something like, um, the burden of wisdom always increases with the more wisdom that you gather. Yeah. That's a positive relationship there, you know what I'm saying? Having it means that it's just going to be that much heavier. Right. Well, that's why you got to dispense it, right? Facts. That's why you got to share it, because then it lightens the load. But that's also something that you would know with wisdom. (laughs) 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 So back to you guys' point about what happens when people have this uh, epiphany or whatever. Um, The identity structure issue has to be confronted at its roots. And the roots start with the word nigga, right? Like that nigga, Negro, and thereof. What those words mean and their origins don't change, no matter how much spin and this, that, and the other you try to put on it, how much um, how much swag we put on it, how much, you know, whatever. The origins don't change. The spell and that it cast originally is the one that's true. The one that's true. What is, say it again? The spell that it originally cast is the one that's true. Exactly. Uh, and the same with the word white, right? It's talking about skin color. But because of the last 300 years of skin color identity complex that we have inherited, it obviously takes on much more than just, you know, skin color or <laughs> hair color. I mean, hair color is obviously the perfect example of the way white communicates itself because you don't say white you say blonde it's built in yeah it's built in see this is why i usually don't like to discuss these matters in total public on a forum on a forum like this and i'll leave it to you guys whether or not you want to disclose this publicly or not but if you really want to understand this you have to get really deep and grind me into some uncomfortable truths (laughs) you really have to understand the function of white in order to understand the function of black, because they were both created at the same time for the same reason, right? That's why later terms, uh, Hispanic, Latino, Asian, ethnic, whatever those words are, um, were add-ons. They weren't there at the time of the original creation of these superficial, false identities to clean and to demean um well white is the origin of all of these things that are collectively known as western (laughs) it's always funny to me when i hear europeans use that word it's just fucking hilarious uh because we were the ones dragging them kicking and screaming out of tyranny twice um, but if you listen to them talk, they had 1776 way back in the 1400s. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> when they were created, when white and black were created, they were created very explicitly to divide the people so that an uprising like Bacon's Rebellion, which happened in 1676, never happened again. And they were copied, emulated, followed throughout every country in this hemisphere. Because remember, it was Spanish and French and English and a little bit of Portuguese 
So it didn't take a whole lot of conversations for these principles and these division tactics to be worked out. The reason it differed in America is because in the other countries in this hemisphere, the Spanish in particular, but also the French, uh, they were outnumbered by such vast numbers by both the native population and the imports that they realized that they couldn't have a strict either or structure. They needed a gradient. So the closer you get to white, the more privileged and and preferred one is. The best example of this... It's like using bloodlines for um, royalty. No, it's like caste, but instead of... I mean, it's like... Like a caste system. It's like the British class system, but instead of class, you use skin color. Yeah. So the best example of it, honestly, is Brazil, where Pele, you know, dark brown skin Pele, was in Brazilian cultural and political terms white because of his achievements, right? I don't know what more you need to see to see the scale. In America, it evolved along strict division lines. And when you go back and you study the colonial law books, you can see the development, the creation and the development of these laws back in the late 1600s. Um, And they worked, right, in terms of creating division. Now, here's the tricky part, guys. And this is this is probably more than you were expecting to think about, but I think it's necessary to understand this. Without the division, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, let me back up. I do not use, I don't know if you all noticed, I don't use the word black or really white. You're saying bronze. Bronze is the word I use. Okay, I forgot I explained that. You have explained it. I think you explained it last, last season. I think but, so. Okay. But I don't know that you got it all the way into it. Okay. Well, the the reason I use the word bronze is because of the way that literal bronze, the, the metal, is made and how it is made and what it is made from. Bronze is, is, a, is what's called an alloy, which basically means a synthesis of multiple base metals. So the main ingredients are tin and copper. But depending on what you want to use the bronze for, you add some more ingredients. All right. The point being... And the real point of the analogy is that bronze becomes something greater and more than and something new compared to its individual parts. That process is the metaphorical essence of the process, the metallurgical process that created us. But the key to that process was the division. If you don't have that cut and dry division, then you don't have bronze. Okay, I like that. You don't have the conditions for us to grow and develop the way we grew and developed as Americans. It doesn't happen. When you look at these other countries in this hemisphere and you look at the differences between different people and groups and the skin colors, there's no difference. That's why nothing they've created has been like what we've created. We've created universes and don't even understand it. Because you we mean? keep I mean, let's just take the biggest universe that we've created, jazz. Oh, okay, okay. Jazz is an absolute universe. It is I mean, I would say it's unlike anything that's ever happened before because of the time within which it was created in America. Because American music is the first music that has been commercial almost from its birth. Our music has always been commercial, which changes everything in what music is, how it works, 
because you're constantly trying to make something new and if possible, something better. Then you throw in electrification and you just have a completely different universe, right? But let's just stick with uh, the big band swing era, which evolved as our response. And when I say our, I mean collectively American because the swing was 100% all American. Um, It started as really what ended up being a response to the Great Depression, right? And the reason it was able to thrive was because labor was so cheap. (laughs) That's why you could hire all those musicians to perform in your band was because nobody had work. (laughs) So they would work for whatever they were able to pay. Everybody played the bass. Everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Then, after the war, labor shortages, inflation, suddenly nobody can afford to pay to keep together together a big band except for Duke Ellington, which is a whole different story. The institution of Duke Ellington. Um, So then, these cats, the immortals in New York, started playing this whole new sound which became known as bebop, right? And so on and on and on. But what's not understood, really fully understood, uh, even by us, is that jazz is very much a psychophysiological event as much as it is a musical event. When you look at Miles Davis, he reflected physically what jazz was and what culturally bronze is as his music did, as his notes. Same thing with Louis Armstrong, same thing with Duke Ellington, and on and on and on. And it became so ingrained that the physical nature of it was as critical to being able to play the notes as was practice. But because we don't see ourselves and the impact that we have, we let some two-bit half-brain Marxists come along and tell us, that we are being appropriated. (laughs) No. People are being bronzed. They are trying to emulate. They are trying to follow because it's so much flyer. It's so much better than whatever they're coming from. Same thing happens with hip-hop. Same thing. And again, because we didn't have enough sense to take control of anything, we have since let the music industry just pimp us out, turn us into looking like clowns. But it's still so fly and so compelling, so magnetic that everybody wants to do it. That's why you got Mongolian MCs. I should you not. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Right? Am I right, man? Yeah. Everywhere, man. It was a Saudi Arabia rapper got killed like last month. (laughs) It was was a big thing over there for you. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Saudi Tupac? Exactly. But because we can't see it, we don't even have enough sense to own it. And that goes back to my original point about reparations. They want to jihad me, I'm worried. Right? We have created and are still creating trillion. We have left. I wouldn't even say that. Let me put it this way. We have left trillions on the table Mm. from lack of value. That's a conservative number. It is a conservative number. From lack of self-value. And when you don't value yourself, you don't value what you create. And when you don't value what you create, you let any Tom, Dick, and Harry 
come and pimp you and then want to beg them for a job. That's what pimps do. They find somebody that's sitting on it. Right. I'm like, why are you sitting on that when you could be making money with it? You could be making money with me. Mm. So, so on the flip Yay, side. Yeah, capitalism. You, you do have like, you know what I'm saying? Killer Mike and them, you know, they opened up the Greenwood Bank. That's brilliant. I mean, I applaud any effort in that direction. Uh, what I would say along those lines, but a little bit broader, um, once you organize the identity structure, then the value will take care of itself. For example, once you organize, uh, let's go back to all these cats running these third world countries because they can't find a woman. Once you organize the identity structure and you start valuing You're talking yourself, about passport bros? Passport bros. There it is. That's what they call the them. The passport bros. Passport bros. They run all over to Brazil or to, uh, you know what I'm saying, this. Japan, Bangkok, and what have you. They're they going out to find bitches who love who, who going to love them. There you go. Passport bros. Because they don't know how to love themselves. And they're saying that that, that that women in the United States, the the modern United States woman is no good. And there so they got to go. find it someplace else. So I got to go. I got to go across the, the fucking ocean. Got to go across the world <laughs> but, to find me. But see, love it. Like you pussy. said, they doing it because they don't, they don't know how to love themselves. But that, that's, that's a battle in itself. Well, it's a battle. It's always going to be though. We don't understand what the forces are in the battle. We don't realize how we've been brainwashed. Look, uh, uh, okay, we're going to get real deep in this. <laughs> we're going to just pick words. The word we're going to pick is red bone. All right. It is what is called an honorific, meaning it is a word of praise that you use to describe something that is valuable, right? Where does the word red bone come from? It certainly doesn't have anything to do with actual color actual color the word comes from the negro desperate need to emulate whiteness what part of whiteness does it need to emulate it needs to emulate the honorific blonde where you can encapsulate in a single word a woman's beauty and value in a single word a single descriptive light-skinned is too long <laughs> B is laughing you said a dime? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they dimes down. Light skinned. No, nah, they've been dimes for a while. Light skinned is too long. Red bone. Pog could hit. Pog be hidden. Well, what is that? You know what that what is. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> no right? one said that. No you one said that, that since the 60s. So, what, how does that word erupt as an honorific? Only because of... Uh, supposedly been seeing fat asses all the time. Facts. But we have no honorific. There it is. Thicks. Damn. We have no honorific. Thick. You know what I'm saying? Some Where's thick. the honorific? That's not an honorific. It's a descriptor. <laughs> <laughs> about Nubian? Nobody say that no more. That's my Nubian goddess. Yeah, that's talking about someplace on the other side of the planet. In that part, Nubia. That Negress, work. Negress, yeah, Negress. same word, same Nubiru, brother. Same double negative. <laughs> it's a neo Nubian. I one time walked past some lady at the at the uh, mall, and I got a whiff of her negrescence. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Smelled like cocoa negative. butter and hairspray. And <laughs> Look, all you have to do, <laughs> all you have to do, all you have to do is examine the value connectors in the words you use. That's it. 
if you don't have value in your language. Is that why everybody wants to run around and use like king and queen and whatnot? Because I can't stand that. I can't stand that. It's so corny. I I, I get, God, I I get because of its whole like spin on what, you know what I'm saying? God's and all that is. I I get that one. I, mean, I like that one, but the, the king God. and queen one just bothers me every time because I'm like, ain't none of y'all got no fucking kingdoms. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, y'all don't even have families. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> Shit. No, the thing is, bro, if they do got a kingdom, it's broke. There you go. Um, ain't nobody out here holding down no kingdoms. No, because where you at right now, bro, that's your kingdom. Where Brian, yeah, that right that's, now, that's, that's my domain. It's not a kingdom, though, fam. It's just, you know what I'm saying? A kingdom is like, you know what I'm saying, the top tops. You know what I'm saying? People have fiefdoms, you know what I'm saying? Okay, <laughs> so on and so forth. There was... here, here's the other one. Here's the other one. Why do we refer to the place we live in infantile terms? Oh, like the crib? The crib. Oh, because that was because of slang. I don't know why the first time it happened, but, but after like, we after we had accepted what it no, meant, it was what we used. Addison is where it comes from. It's the programming, bro. <laughs> there it is. Your programming. That's the word I use. Mm. It's your programming. You can't say my palace. My palace. You can't say we're going back to the palace. You can. Yeah, you can. can. But it's never occurred to us. But you sound stupid. Hey, hey, hey. I've said come back to my parlor before. There you go. Uh, there you go. <laughs> right? Would you like you to spend time in the parlor? And they're like, what? I like, and this is this is the point. Said the spider to the fly. To use, if you're going to use some form of substitute word, and it's going to have to have some value attached to it, why don't you value yourself and praise yourself? It's the program. Crib. Crib. You're a child. You're literally an infant. To be taken care of. Yeah, not to take care of exactly. It's in. A, it's so what? The, go ahead, Big. No, I would say what would be the proper word. What should I start saying? I well, it's funny you brought up the word God. I use the word God, small G. You, you say that part after I would say that. What's up, God? Small G. What's up, God? Word, no, small, or small I use, or like you use B. I've heard you use uh, G. I use G for short, uh, but it's because we create universes. It's not proper true. use of proper use of slang is a universe in and of itself, really, isn't it? Arguably, yes. Because I mean, depending but, on who you drop in or where, they can still speak that language quite quick. You'd be like, "Oh, okay, so that's just y'all. Y'all do that, all right?" And that's what oh, it is. So y'all got the weed. <laughs> no, I mean, now here we call the trees. But like, all right, so y'all got the trees. Then the next day, you know, what I'm saying you in another place, and they call it the uh, sticks. It's like, oh, let me get some sticks. I mean, you just, you pick the it up. They call it it's the wood. The wood, wood, hell yeah. But it's also because it goes in backwards too. But see, like, that's what I'm we saying though. Because that's a, being able to speak that shit and not be a narc and all the nines, that's like its own jazz. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean, you realize that. Spinning these lyrics. It came. Spinning I mean, these words. The slang, the way we use the English language came from jazz. Well, and then, because you know, when it. Because, you know, usually when they pick up on it or they start using it and it becomes part of the actual lexicon, it, it loses its uh, well, it loses mainstream. its sting. Oh, yeah. No, when it becomes thing. mainstream. I don't, here's yeah. the other part of bronze, uh, just to continue on it. I don't use white. I don't use white at all. Facts. I don't. I don't. Yeah, you uh, do. But you do when as, you're trying to just talk to people who don't know. Well, if I mean, if it's just a general conversation, but the word I use is mainstream. And that can apply okay. to anybody. 
you're mainstream and I'm upstream. And what comes downstream to the mainstream is what you figure out 30 years later. I'll never forget. I was uh, going back and forth with this dude on Instagram who called himself a custom beat maker. And I was like, motherfucker, you just figuring out 1993. You are just figuring out mainstream in 1993 upstream so what the hell are you talking about custom beat maker (laughs) he was trying to sell services yeah oh yeah he sells his little beats there it is something we should be all over we should just absolutely dominate that whole little cottage industry of i think they do i don't know There's, there's a bunch of black beat makers now I mean, there are a lot of cats making millions in the record industry, but I'm talking about the hundreds of thousands who could be making money, making a nice revenue yeah. stream. It's not the yeah, no, they exist. They exist. There, there, there's, there's, value, there's true value Timberland out there. They need, yeah. No, I don't mean Timberland. I'm not talking that big, dude. I'm talking about... That's why I said true value. The true value Timberland. Like, you know what I'm saying? From, oh, true from value. The, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 We should yeah, have that yeah. locked down. We should have not not just some guys on somebody else's platforms. We should have the platforms. They should be marketed as the place to get the best background music for your reel or what the fuck ever for your commercial for your whatever. Mm. Organize. You can't. You can't do that if you're not organized. You're not even thinking like that if you're not organized. That's why we can't get organized, right? People wonder, oh, why can't we? It's because identity won't let you. That's why we look at somebody else like they're supposed to solve our problems. Because we don't feel like we have any control. We don't feel like, because the identity won't let you exert any control. It won't let you set standards. It won't let you say yes or no. We're always waiting on someone else to say yes or no. That's why we're having the same conversations the ancestors had in 1920. Damn. And this is why you just got to leave some nigga standing there. Well, like I, I said, go. I want to bring you, back but you're really you making it hard. I mean, some, and 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 to be totally real, they're gonna you're going to have to carry some of them. Well, y'all talking about the, the, the shorter end of the stick. I'm talking about the ones who are very educated, very successful. And, and won't help a and nigga. And will do not care and are not because they've been flung to the villa well it's because they like their position the villa yeah the villa remember that little quote that i picked up from somewhere she they they flung them to the villa they came up out that that uh that cavern it was like uh you get up there to the villa i'm not even going that deep i'm just saying i don't want to lose the villa people are content with what they have and don't feel Mm -hmm. and and to be honest and let's just get even deeper into it. Obligated or led? Well, they wouldn't know what to do because even they aren't in control of anything but themselves. What would they do? I mean, I can think of some things they should do, like HBCUs, right? But let's just take Chicago. A lot of how rich do you, black How folks. do you even reach them? Huh? How do you even reach them? Uh, there I, are ways to do that. I don't think I, you do. You do. I, um, you do. I feel like... I. I I personally feel like if it was if I had to cast a vote, you know what I'm saying, I would put more um I'm not necessarily going well, I mean I would reach to the HBCUs, kinda. But for the most part, bro, I would start here in my community, you know what I'm saying? I feel like we need more options 
as far as like introducing the kids to shit that's going to actually benefit them in the long there term, like go. coding Be and shit like that. Coding, more certified mm-hmm. shit. Like we don't need new fucking baseball fields all over the exactly. city. Exactly. <laughs> for real, we need. No, I'm with you. One hundred percent. You. Yeah. The baseball fields we've noticed generate money for the city, while Man. teaching kids don't generate money for the city. But it that's does because... generate money for the city. That's the problem. It generates, China, though, it generates wealth for families. It doesn't necessarily always translate to money for the city, which I'll get right now. And teaching kids, that's a that's oh, an yeah, that's an investment yeah, that has to know. pay off twenty or thirty years Short-term from now. Thinking, so hey, look, we're I'm gonna build China a baseball field. Look like it's paying off. We gonna do. Listen, we're gonna build a baseball field, and y'all gonna cheer and eat hot dogs, and your kid ain't gonna know that the color blue is not the answer to two plus two. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> you can't have communities without families. There you go. Both of you. Uh, B, you can have money. B, what you were saying about bringing it home directly to the community? Absolutely. That's the trick. How do you put together a structure? And the goal of the structure always, right? The problem is bridging the information gap, right? Exposure. How do you reach them? Inspiration. You, you bring it to them. You put it in a form that they will listen to. And it's not too hard for kids when kids, I mean, that's the beauty of kids, right? They don't know what they don't know. So what you put in, that part. right? <laughs> what do you he said no, that part, but that it feels part. like you're saying that you have to, we have to encode the, uh, the doctrine into like Absolutely. children's songs and way to do it, but you Stop, do. Man. Look at old buddy, wear your seatbelt, <laughs> pay your taxes. They gonna be like, damn, yeah, right. yeah, yeah we gotta encode the doctrine into like children's songs. Like, I don't know how we would do it, but yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not a doctrine. It's first of all with kids, it's, it's just happening. awareness. With um, I'd say the way Jamaica started, what, black is, is beautiful. No, we can't do no, that. Nigga. You bro's not black. The way Jamaica started, Jamaica, the first is, um, Jamaica did like a band to where you can't talk about, you can't talk about drugs. Or money or anything, television, music, and nothing. They got a ban on all of that right now. And another country has done it too. Uh, okay. That's not us. How about how about the first single be called Blackout? I feel like and you just talk nah. about why not not why we stop using the word we black. Don't need, I, I don't need to take no cues from no foreigners at all, period, about nothing. Those are shithole countries. Period. We're in America, damn it. It's We're in America. Some it's the best place on earth. Islands. No, I don't know. It's the best place on earth. No. Hey, y'all, y'all remember Black Planet? I, I remember did. Black Planet. <laughs> I remember Black I say Planet. That, chat. I, I say that because what we look like, like y'all saying y'all want to like, you know, reach the community, right? Finding what forms to do that in. We can't do it on here, man. Why is there not a fully black, like, well, not black. Black Planet is uh, still around. The bronze, the, the the bronze, the bronze, the bronze. Uh, Say word. The bronze website where it's like a social uh, social network, like unto the books and what have you. But you have to prove that you're bronze to get in. Uh, I don't Sounds know. Like I don't cult. know that social media is really the way. We gotta ask certain questions to do anything more than connect people. Ultimately, it's gotta happen face to face, like what B was saying. Yeah. yeah, but every time we get a whole bunch of uh, speakers that try yeah, to move a doctrine, they might shoot people. You know, shut up, man. Uh, like you know, I don't know Huey Newton speakers. and them. I mean, you got to. To me, it is it is literally an educational program. Nah, I die for this shit too. Say it again. <laughs> what did he say? He said, "I die for this shit too." 
Who saw where that? I mean, who saw where that? Came who saw from? that coming? <laughs> <laughs> who saw where that came from? <laughs> that was a good one. Oh man! Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, so, so are, are we doomed? All are we doomed all together? Oh, no, I mean. Look at what I just explained to you. Look at what I just explained. The revolution. The deprogramming is going to be so resisted. Of course they will, because it's comfortable. They're comfortable. That's, I mean, that, that's it, it is what it is. That's how you, that's why you have to go to the nuclear root of the situation and, and explode. And then, you know, let people deal with the, with the aftermath. There's no other way to get to the root of this. The fallout. Until we no longer think of ourselves in superficial terms. This shit doesn't end. It doesn't end. And the only way we understand what we really are is to realize that actually, no, it has next to nothing to do with anything superficial. Imagine that. So is it precipitous that now is a time when identity is... is, is uh, Absolutely is, uh... serendipitous is the word I would use. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 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 You ain't got a shit on the word that I, I had, but I mean, I <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's it's fine. It's fine. I don't feel bad at all, <laughs> or or you know, uncomfortable, awkward, or, or you know, uh, not, I'm not it's troubled cool, over I, here. I knew what just, those words meant. <laughs> it, was, it was it was it's it's advantageous. <laughs> I'm just going to go with. Is it preposterous? <laughs> Yes, it seems like scrub. that word fit within there no, somewhere. No, no. scrub dililiosis no. <laughs> might have worked actually. It's so scrub dililiosis that this is the time when <laughs> identity has become so important to uh, you know, what I'm saying our uh, what is it? Well, what it is, you know, everyday everyday interactions or what have you. You know what I mean? In the mainstream. Absolutely. Yeah. You can thank these gutter marks is for it. Be like, identify as bronze. Yo, I'm loving well, that, no. those oh. words, man. Mainstream. It's mainstream. I'm glad you brought I this like up. So is Bannon, is Bannon TikTok going to help help start? Uh, TikTok is harmless. <laughs> TikTok is. I mean, it's obviously a Chinese spy. As harmless as the rest yeah, of them. It's just bullshit. It's just whatever. What I'm saying is, why don't we have one? Uh, a little bit late to the party. We need our own social media. It's not that late. But no, you got to think about it. All we got to do is just create it. think about it. It's an be open like, forum. You have to know who the master well, is. The thing. TikTok is a completely open forum. So the days of having this sort of uh, exclusive um, sort of thing on the internet are more complicated than they seem. Especially the only answers we accept are like Shonuff or Bruce Leroy. Well, especially if you want them to grow, right? Like you can't say, "Oh, this is bronze only." We. That's how you would know, though. You know I mean, because like you know, what I'm saying only the bronze will know that it's Shonuff or Bruce Leroy. That's what they'll answer. They'll be like, someone else will be like, "Oh, I know a guy with a master's or something like that." They'll get the wrong answer. I mean, it's a, it's just one of those you know questions like like on Atlanta when it was asking. When, when Kevin Samuels was asking all them kids if they was black or whatever. Kevin but, yeah. Samuels did? <laughs> yes, it was awesome. <laughs> Kevin Samuels, like the episode came out the week right after Kevin Samuels oh, wow. died. But um, 
on the episode of Atlanta, um, Kevin Samuels was part of a board. He had came back to his high school and he had oh, said cool. that he was going to, I think it was in Georgia or something like that. It was, he was a character on Atlanta. Calm down. He was a character. He wasn't his. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the show Atlanta with Do, um, Donald Glover, Atlanta. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Them cats. This these, this glorious, glorious TV show. But um, Kevin Samuels, his character, came back to the high school, said he was going to sponsor everyone, give everybody a full ride to college that was black. Okay. And so all the black kids was, you know, super celebrating. And the white kids was like, damn, that's fucked up. And there was this one kid who was mixed, but he was mad, like, <laughs> light-skinned, so he was passing. He was passing his white the whole, the, for most of his time at school and whatnot, but he was actually mixed, and he tried to, you know what I'm saying, get the uh, scholarship, but they was asking a litany right. of questions that was, like, to prove which, how black you was or not. Like, where you do with hot sauce in the nines, you know that's what I mean? But and yeah. that nigga failed. And that nigga failed. And it became a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. He <laughs> yeah. did not get it right. <laughs> he, he, he did All not he understand the assignment. Right. <laughs> the money would have been his. You know what I'm saying? Because he didn't. Something had happened where his, where his, where his, where his people African didn't have the money no more. He was yeah. African-American. Yeah. He well, just now, couldn't answer the question. Because he was, he was half I mean, and half. Again. But he when wasn't bronze. Okay, he I'm wasn't therefore black enough. When you really understand what bronze is and what the word American is, there's no such thing as half and half. Because again, bronze doesn't acknowledge anything else but itself. We're so accustomed to always having to acknowledge and and respect and obey the commands and the dictates and the rules of whiteness that you don't know how to think without them. So that means what you're saying, though, is what you're telling me is that there are people of far, far less melanated skin who could be bronze. What I'm saying is what matters is the lineage. And the lineage is American. And I know for a fact that I have so-called white ancestors. So why am I supposed to mm -hmm. pretend that my ancestors mm -hmm. didn't exist to make whiteness feel comfortable and to obey the irrational nonsense of so-called whiteness. Because whiteness, white, white invented those rules, those definitions, because they had to maintain white at all costs. For right? power dynamics. Otherwise, it doesn't exist. The whole bullshit they were trying to build doesn't exist. But see, we're three hundred years. Yeah, we're three hundred years forward in that process, so all of that stuff is just built in. What I'm trying to get people to understand is that the foundations of it were flawed and irrational. Can I um can I ask whether or not it's a problem big enough that it can take down a nation? Because you know, I think America's supposedly supposed to be uh coming up on like you know certain milestones when empires You're talking about the fall. Pluto return of the United States of America. We are actually already in that process, and all of these. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. What? That is a whole conversation in itself. <laughs> you got to save that one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just kind of, you know, no, came to mind. <laughs> uh, you're right. It doesn't take a nation down, but there is a certain amount of death, be it 
existential. It's always mm-hmm. that way. Well, I mean, when you're dealing with Pluto, it is. Um, a revolution don't come without there's bodies. always some level of destruction of what is old. And now, t- again, this is getting real deep uh, into the the worldview and the esoterica of bronze and its creation. But you have to understand, guys, uh, what is misunderstood and labeled slavery was, in fact, the destruction of the old, namely African and whatever other words you want to use, as well as European. That is fundamentally, from a metallurgical, metaphorical perspective, what, quote unquote, slavery was. You have to destroy the old to make way for the new. There's no other way to do it. Now, I know that's a little deeper than <laughs> reparations, but to, to really get into understanding uh, the ethnogenesis, which is really what we're talking about here, um, that was the process. The division and the destruction paved the way for the creation. Now, we're barely 150 years, although you could make arguments it's more, but in a really formal sense, we're 150, almost 170 years into the creation and look at the transformation. And this is stuff we've done without any self-knowledge or self-awareness. I mean, you can make the argument that Michael Jordan is a universe in and of himself. It could very easily be made. Yeah. You can make the same argument about Whitney Houston. Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Prince. Kanye. I wouldn't make that argument. Mel Gibson. Kanye. Kanye. Why he's not? Because not a musician like those guys. Prince was a... But he is his own universe. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, nigga. No. Get off his dick. Sorry, Addison. <laughs> Sorry, Addison. What's I do, Kanye, like that? <laughs> he, he does it for you. He had a shot. He had his moment when he was with that fine ass honey in Chicago mm. on his 30th birthday party. Um, Who are you talking about? That picture I sent you, I said he had his chance. He had a moment. Um, so mm. when you think about these terms and these words, realize the first word that we use is the word America. And only when you are able to use that word in full knowledge and ownership does everything start to arrange itself. And that word has been the off-limits word for Negroes ever since 1691. Oh, I'm sorry, ever since 1776. Negroes can call themselves anything you fucking want as long as you don't call yourself American. Now, I want you to explain to me how a man born in Cuba, this Cuban uh, big man, a ranger named Chico O'Farrell. His mama was Irish and his daddy was German, born in Cuba in the 20s. Now, they never use any words to describe Chico O'Farrell, but Cuban or Latino. So I want you to explain to me how in the hell he is only a Latino or a Cuban, but you want to use foreign words to describe me or superficial terms to describe me. When my ancestors were here in the 1600s, there's no answer but silence because the truth and the irrationality of it is so ridiculous and we all follow it and fall for it and have been taught it that we don't even know how to think any other way. Roger Federer is literally half African. Elon Musk is entirely African. I never hear them called African-American or African Swiss. (laughs) 
I heard it, it was once. A joke. Ron, Ron DeSantis <laughs> called him. Yeah, yeah it was a joke. African American support. No, no, no. It was, it was uh, hilarious. It was. But what yeah, was it, it was joke? It was Someone I think did it on something. Yeah. Has to trump everything. That's why it was a joke. You have to bow to whiteness. Understand this, guys. You have to bow and obey the commands of whiteness at all fucking times. That is what is encoded in these words. That is your programming. That's where the word redbone comes from. That's why there was this need to create it. That's where the word blonde comes from. That's where. <laughs> That is the value creator. And the interesting thing about it is that that is the only thing it is. It is merely a structure to put labels on something to make sure its ability to call itself one thing exists. There's no reality whatsoever behind it. The word Caucasian is an ethnic minority in what is now Russia. There is no such thing as a Caucasian unless you literally come from the steppes and the mountains from in Russia mountains. you are that ethnic minority. It's all an invention. That's why you never hear me use the word race. Race is the attempt to make it something real and significant instead of calling it what it is, skin color, identity. And they hate it when you use those terms because you don't allow it to exist. They hate it. I see it on their... Look... <laughs> I get into it with these boys on social media and they have no fucking response. Here's a better example. Are you trying to tell me that Thomas Jefferson's descendants are supposed to think of themselves as African and not American exclusively? The founder of all founders, his children aren't supposed to think of themselves as 1000% purebred American because of some bullshit superficial identity names. That makes literally zero sense. You got to point that. <laughs> zero sense. And if it applied to them, how does it not apply to us? Yeah, I think I got some Thomas Jefferson in my blood. Check them out, 23 and me. It may be Thomas <laughs> motherfucking Jefferson. That is where that 13% British came from. Oh, <laughs> my God. This one. Man. All right. You mad? You mad? Um, I'm you kidding me? Yeah, I'm a brother. I'm a victim yeah. of Thomas yeah. Jefferson. That's Thomas <laughs> Jefferson. And that's why <laughs> niggas want reparations. <laughs> Y'all do that's wrong. So look, man. Y'all owe us. us. All right. I'm about to wrap it up because I got to go to work in the morning. Any, uh, I'll start with you, Starry. Um, Any last just word? think about the programming. Like, it's a lot to try to discuss and, and fit into two hours. Uh, but the basics you will see recurring over and over and over. Whiteness telling you how to think, how to value yourself, what you need to be afraid of, what's in your best interest, on and on and on. Where everybody's fucking stooge. Tazio Cortez feels like she can talk <laughs> about black people, blah, blah, blah. Everybody feels like they can just... Oh, black people do. Oh, somebody said something about somebody. Blood, oh, oh, always. Black people do black this. White people do that. that. <laughs> is over. Ebony K. Williams. What did she say? Oh, you got any last word? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Ebony K. Williams. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Wow. What about you? I had to say any last words. Well, I'd like to thank, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, everybody for being here. Huh? I'm, I'm sorry, dang on, man. Oh, a little bit about yourself, making it about you, huh? I was just going to say I'd like to thank everybody for being here. You know what I'm saying? Really been a good show, I feel like. And, uh, you know, it was some real good information. And leave some people some things to think about it. You know what I'm saying? But it's only if you listening. Get some. Oh. Also, thank you, Star Reader, for coming through. You know what I'm saying? And dispensing your knowledge on the discourse. Church. Church. Until next time.